Newly Eberty is the art and state of being a woman, and I think that should be celebrated. My name is Michelle Lyons. Welcome to the Celebrate Newly Eberty podcast. Just a reminder, this podcast is for information only and not a substitute for consulting a healthcare professional. Hope you enjoy the show. There's always that minute when you're just worried the internet gods are not going to smile upon us, but they have. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Celebrate Newly Everty podcast. And welcome if you're listening to the podcast or if you're watching along on YouTube. I'm very pleased to have my very clever friend and colleague, Miss Sandra Hilton, Dr. Sandra Hilton, uh, <laughs> along for a chat. Um, Sandy wrote this book a number of years ago, uh, Why Pelvic Pain Hurts. And it's one that I've come back to again and again and again with her co-authors. I'm just going to give a shout out to Adrian Lowe and Carolyn Van Dyken. Um, but she's got a new book out, which is equally fabulous. Sandy, hello, welcome. Hi. And what's the name of your new book? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to say, um, I do know listeners. Um, I wanted to say there's a second edition of Why Public Pain Hurts, uh, cool. where Carolyn and I got to go through and rearrange and make it, um, Ooh things we thought of for over the years since the first one and there's some nice little nuggets in there that aren't in the first edition nice um it's a sensory integration toolkit for the pelvic floor um or the sit kit uh so yeah it's a sensory integration toolkit and it is so much fun Um, it's a great book was patient um designed uh and requested a particular person who said, you know what, I'm tired of taking notes. Could you please write this all down? So it was my, it was my pandemic uh, effort. Um, For other people, yeah. it was banana bread. You wrote a book. I did. <laughs> Good, much better, much more useful. Um, yeah. So the books, both of your books are obviously centered around um, better management of pelvic pain. Um, Let's start off. Let's make sure we're all sailing in the same direction. Let's talk about pain and the different types of pain, because, oh, I feel like the terminology and sometimes the confusion around pain changes. And, you know, we're we're talking about central sensitization, but also about nociplastic pain. So I wonder if you could just give us a quick overview of the differences between nociceptive, neuropathic and nociplastic pain. Why they matter? Quick, quick sip of coffee. It's early. (laughs) All right. Um, Nociplastic pain, I think, is the one we deal with the most. In the pain, pain changes, and it's right there in the name. Pain, change. It's plastic. It changes. It's um, adaptive to our environment. It's supposed to go away, but sometimes it doesn't. Mm. Um, So, where a neuropathic pain is something that is is. Um, you know, when you break the words down, it always makes me laugh because uh, all pain requires signaling and information through the nervous system. So um, there's not really pain that doesn't involve the human attached to it. So the names get really tricky if you want to really dissect them. And there are people who do. But um, so a neuroplastic or neuroplastic pain would be pain where your nervous system itself has been injured some way. Um, All of the pinches and things and little cuts and tears that happen to our bodies in various and sundry times. And there is 
difficulty with the processing and signaling along the nerve. Um, mm. That's common in some injuries for sure. Uh, spinal cord injuries, of course, would have some nerve damage directly. There are some neur neural and injury disease processes that can affect the signaling of the nervous system that have a component of that to it. Um, and there, there is literally damage to the nerve. But the good news about that is nerves can regenerate. Peripheral nerves regenerate. Um, there's It's slower than you want it to be, but there is regeneration along the, the peripheral nervous system. Um, nociceptive pain is where you're getting a barrage of input through the nerve and there is being a physical response to that direct barrage of input. Mm -hmm. So um, you're the rock in your shoe. There is a rock in your shoe. You should take the rock out. Um, there is a, a nerve that has been caught in a stitch after a surgery. There, it, there is a, a thing that is happening to that nerve that needs to be resolved so that you can get better. Um, again, so the tissue it heals. should, yeah, there's, there's a direct kind of cause and effect there with yeah. no susceptive pain. I suppose with, with, with all of the pains, I mean, obviously there's a cause for all of the pains because mm -hmm. I think sometimes what can happen is when people get excited talking about pain to maybe people who are not immersed in this world of pain and um, sometimes the message that can come across especially when we're talking about nociplastic pain or central sensitization is you know pain is an output of your brain does that mean that the pain is all in my head does she think I'm making it up somebody asked me that just this last week um they said it was explaining that that tissues can heal and you still hurt, which is essentially nociplastic pain. I wanted in the self-help for pelvic pain, the sensory integration toolkit to have a picture as describing these because just brief descriptions of them with pictures. And I wanted the one for nociplastic pain to be a side view of the rect, you know, like rectum from the side view that's very typical sure. and all the things shows the colorectal angle with a golf ball in there. <laughs> Because people will say, it feels like there's a golf ball in my rectum. And, We've all heard it. And right. And to have to have the picture be, it feels like this. <laughs> and then another picture without the golf ball. But there is no golf ball. And, and it's like, this is what they wouldn't let me do it. Um, Why? So, so then I then I asked, I love my editor, Amy, the editor was amazing. Um, and the artist had a solid for me. Um, he, he put something in the book that I laugh at every time I see. And it went through all of the levels of editors. Um, the, um, but, but I was like, so then what about a needle in the penis? And they were just, it was just like a, a little phone conversation with the artist and and then later just with my editor and she just kept going, no. <laughs> <laughs> and Sandy goes, but why? <laughs> but this is what people feel. And it's the best description of nosoplastic pain. If it feels like something is wrong, low back pain, where it feels like there's a little gremlin in there stabbing you with his sword. And then he picks up his tent and he moves to the other side and he stabs you over there. It's what it feels like. It's not gremlins happening. in the vagina. Yes. Right. They're rude and you should evict them, but they're, um, it feels like it. So both those things can be true in the same time. It feels like this is damaged tissue. Like this is neuroplastic. I know it's a neurogenic pain. It is really damaged. That's why it hurts. 
you know, there's no susceptible barrage, and then they do all this imaging and they can't find it because we're not good at imaging or the mm. therapist isn't trained enough to find it. And I know there's damage and you're just not being able to find it. And that's a horrible place to feel in yourself. Like, absolutely. Like there's something shredded or torn or, or any of the things our minds go like cancerous or just, you know, yeah. there's this thing and the people I'm seeking help from are just too stupid to find it. And then and you start to like, doubt yourself, you know, and right? am I crazy? Right. And then, and then someone says, well, pain's in your head. And you're like, oh, now you really think I'm crazy. And, and I was saying to this person last week, they said, um, oh, well, then it's just, it's just a nerve impulse. And I said, well, sort of everything is like how you drink your coffee is nerve impulses. It's not going to magically appear in your hand. You have to mm -hmm. have a thought that then creates this series of events. And, and that's how you end up being able to drink your coffee. It's no different than I think I'm going to go have a bowel movement and you already start to have pain and inflammation. It's yeah. just less pleasant response system but still that cascade of events that come from that impulse and then i suppose when you add the extra layer of it being pelvic pain and all of the embarrassment and stigma and the hidden nature of it you know somebody sees your arm in a sling it's like oh you poor thing you've broken your arm you know let me help you you know how can how can i help you uh, cope with life but when it's something to do with you know with bowel or bladder or sex or even sitting you know if we if we talk about our friend you know the the pudendal nerve which mm -hmm. you know has has any other neuralgia got the same level of terror and fear around it as the and i do think the pudendal oh, nerve gets thanks. blamed for a lot of things that are maybe not the pudendal's fault yeah, it's like the poor kid in the classroom that someone drops something and the teacher turns around and says, Billy, why'd you do that? <laughs> it wasn't me. It was the Cluneals. You never talk about them. Yeah. Um, Hello, yeah, posterior femoral cutaneous. We're talking about you here. <laughs> yes, your turn. Um, you in the corner too. You can be nice. Um, <laughs> Naughty step. <laughs> the, but, it, you know, it feels like that. And we do joke about it because you you have to find the funny in the darkness. It is horrible to feel like you're broken and you can't get better because no one can find it or, or mm -hmm. no one believes you or, you know, and then that's one of the first things I say about pain is it's real. It's exceptionally weird. Um, and, there, and no one has an answer to why, why do you have a problem and this person doesn't. Mm -hmm. And you yeah. had the same problem. You both got constipated and had fissures why are they better and you're not mm -hmm. and and it because it, it's just like I don't know if it's a cultural thing or just a human thing of what did I do wrong yes um, yes and I, can I just say I think that is also a particularly female thing um in in my experience as well you know what's what's wrong with me and then you throw a few kind of perimenopausal hormonal roller coasters mm -hmm. into the mix as well and it is not good times Mm, and so much dismissiveness yes. so that we get as females, we get throughout our medical history, so much dismissiveness that when it can feel like being dismissed when yes. someone's saying, no, you're really okay. And, and you're like, oh, great. Here's another person that's not taking me seriously. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I get it. I get the frustration. I get the fear. I get the, 
oh, it's such a hard road. Even if pain makes sense to you as much as it can to any of us, it's such a hard road. Um, it's doable. It's absolutely doable. Um, and I think mm. we have to be as providers really good at, at providing hope, not yes, not unrealistic hope, little baby steps towards your goals, yeah. but to know you, you're actually not broken. It's protecting you too much. That's the central sensitization bit, as I explained mm-hmm. it, of it feels like a golf ball. It's not. Both of those things are true. Like true. that's the paradox. It yes. feels like it, and it's not. Um, and you can get that sensation just by thinking about someone else sitting, you know, yeah. you're looking at somebody sit down somewhere, you can get pain. That's, uh, I was going to say exciting. It's not. Um, it's yeah, it's, 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 exciting for, it's exciting for us, <laughs> I think, because it just, you know, the amazingness of our brains, you know, and mm-hmm. the ability to jump three steps ahead in the conversation and assume that it knows what is going to happen next. I mean, I know it loves a bit of predictive processing, Mm. but if I can just take a small little sidebar, that's why I really love those photo cards that you made. Mm. Um, So (laughs) we're going to have to bring those into the conversation because people are going photo what? Um, But those are some of the most useful things. I think, you know, um, I use them up um, a lot of what I'm doing now is, you know, working with people who've gone through cancer and just to be able to show them pictures and you can literally see a physical recoil when they see some of the pictures yeah. in those cards. And it's like, going, but it's just a picture. Yeah. What so, are you protecting against in that? That yeah. is right there. What happened? What so are you tell, us about, tell us about what the cards are and, and how you came to, to designing those and producing those. So photo stands for photographs of daily activity. Uh, there is a formal tested uh, set for low back pain that are very um, Northern Hemisphere, Western society oriented. I say it that way because my friend Bronnie Thompson, who's fabulous, um, was the one who came up with the idea that I first heard of. She wanted to do one, a set for New Zealand that's culturally sensitive. She goes, no one mm. is, is cleaning leaves out of gutters in Christchurch, you know, what are, what are some things that, that I could use for back pain that were culturally and geographically appropriate. Mm. Um, And I thought, Oh, we should totally do a sex one and, and pelvic stuff. And, um, and then they came about as ideas do, because I have a student, Hannah um, Mulder was snowed in at a, during her clinical and her school was giving her a hard time about not being at the clinic. She couldn't actually get to the clinic. Um, and, and it looked like it was going to be a couple of days before she could. And so I said, you know, how about you do this? So she spent those days um, looking for images that we could reproduce and use and created the set of cards that were pelvic specific. And, and then we it's wonderful. Like it's just, it's literally, it's a deck of cards with all of these images and just to be able to, to have the conversation, you know, I mean, I have, I have the set of, you know, the, the everyday activity ones and I have the, the sex ones as well. And they're just the great. Expansion convers- deck. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm having like a nineties magic card uh, revival here in a slightly <laughs> different direction. We need to um, do little expansion packs. Yeah. <laughs> But they're great because you can just you can put out the cards and you can just kind of see which ones are 
provocative, which ones don't elicit any sort of a reaction. You know, like for, for a lot of people, there's one particular card, for example, with leeks and onions and garlic. And people kind of look at it going, why is that here? I don't get it. And I go, well, for some people, you know, they're, they're a digestive uh, bother. You know, we, we can talk about FODMAPs and how that could be a bother for, for people with digestive issues. Oh, okay. Whereas the people who've gone through kind of IBS or Crohn's, they see that and they, they physically are like, no, <laughs> take that away. Take that I picture can't, away from I me. I can't, yeah, take <laughs> the pic- literally take the picture away from me because that's stressing me out, even looking at a picture of an onion or garlic. Um, How cool is or, that? Because it gives you an, it gives you an in to be able to talk to them about yeah. that overprotectedness. It's like yeah. your system is protecting you so much; it's protecting you from a picture of food that you don't even eat. Yes, it's like it's that's wow. awesome and yeah. unnecessary. <laughs> Dial it down. It's it's fantastic. Now stop. Let's let's work on stopping it. <laughs> I like that. That's fantastic. No stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. If we acknowledge then that the brain is amazing, but sometimes unfortunate in its predilection for predictive processing, um, and that can get us into bother, how can we, you know, just gently steer it in a different direction, you know? And part B to that question, because I know that wasn't a big question at all. Mm. um, What effects do things like stress or disrupted sleep you know, how does that affect our brain's ability to differentiate between what is a real threat and what isn't? I love that second question a lot because it sort of describes everything. Um, the <laughs> my my joke about that because you know me, it's got to have a joke attached to it. Is is the how many how many eight year old boys can you have in the minivan and tolerate the fart jokes? Um, it depends on how tired you are, if you're hungry, if you're in a bad mood, if you're trying to get somewhere. I mean, there's things that remove your tolerance level down to this is true. You know, five, four, three, none of you, all of you out and walk. It's um, your tolerance level changes by those things. When it's something internally that we can't control, um, your tolerance level is going to depend on a lot of different things. So something that would not bother you on a day that you're doing something fabulous in a place you've wanted to be with people you love, mm-hmm. money's not an issue, you got all the time in the world, you're going to be more tolerant than when all that stuff's not happening and things you don't like are and your little sphere of tolerance gets very, very small. Mm-hmm. Um, that's true with the trivial things. That's true with the really important things. We just, we have a, a fluid boundary of tolerance levels and I think when things like no sleep for me takes a whole bunch of it away um I, my little yeah. offer of tolerance goes um you know and yeah add and I some think, other things in there yeah I you know I remember there's a there's a quote that I think came from Rachel Zoffness who talks mm-hmm. about how we we have one brain to process all the physical and all the emotional and sometimes she gets confused you know, busy. Yeah. And I just like, I mean, I, I know, I know what I'm like when I'm, you know, not sleeping well or hangry, you know, that that's a bad combination. I, I get stabby very quickly, you know, in that situation. And, you know, when somebody's brain thinks they're in danger all the time, 
of course, everything is just going to be. And your assumptions are, yeah, and your assumptions are going to be default to this as a threat. Yeah. And, and then see about it, not see about it and protect if you need to. Yeah. It's going to be just, you know, for efficiency sake right now, let's just assume everything is threatening and, and we'll deal. And that's exhausting. Yeah. Um, Internally, externally, also ironically makes you less likely to process your food. Well, less likely to eat healthy with make good choices less likely to get to sleep. So you get this cycle of mm, unhelpful. Um, how do we how do we break through that is going to be individual. It's going yes. to be not not just, oh, you're you have these things that work best for you, because that would be hard enough to not being psychic. We have to do some trial and error on that and teach people how to recognize that little compass of is this the right direction that's just theirs. But that this doesn't be consistent. <laughs> so, so you have to teach them how to, to recognize it in themselves across a variety of situations. Mm, and give um, themselves a toolbox. Right. And like a little yeah. buffet of choices that, yes. that don't have any judgment attached of today, the yoga moves are really going to calm me down. Tomorrow, I need to go for this really brisk walk. What's wrong with me? <laughs> it's like no, nothing. Nothing. Nothing is wrong with you. <laughs> yeah. That's the variety that we need to address this. Um, Absolutely. That's a really so, hard one too. It is. Yeah. Um, and the hits just keep on coming because now I want you to t- talk to me and explain to me like I'm five. What is sensory integration and how can it help? I use a lot of things like dimmer switches, um, mm-hmm. the, which is the, like when the you want it down to a nice romantic glow, not where were you last Tuesday of <laughs> the, the lights, uh, the awareness, the sensation. Um, sensory integration in a sentence is the ability to take the sensory information around and in our body and get it into a usable level. Mm. Not too little, not too much, but something that we can, where light touch feels like light touch. Mm. Um, then your sensory input is well integrated, appropriately analyzed, appropriately acted on. Um, so is it like turning the computer off and then back on again? You know, are we trying to reset our it, parameters? It can be that, that, yeah, restore factory specs. That, yeah. could, that could work. Um, some people don't... This, like some people have a switch. <laughs> Funk, okay, it works now. Others, you've got to practice getting it down notch mm. by notch. Um, okay. Some people, you just tell them and explain it to them and say, you know what? You're not broken. It's okay to use this part. And the more you get some positive sensation through there, the more it will learn how to, to manage that better unconsciously. Mm. And they go, oh, okay. And then they're better. And I wish I could figure out what that was because that would be great. What is the secret sauce? <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think it's that how well do you make sense of the information and be able to implement it? Yeah. Um, so why balls? Why balls? Because um, they're fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, because they provide a really easy way to manage. Um, is it too hard? Is it too soft? Is it too big? Is it too small? And and give you distributed force. Going to do some physics. Distributed force is more easily modified then 
point. I feel like I feel like we should just pause here and explain the why balls question because uh -huh. it may not be clear <laughs> why That's I'm true. asking why balls. We took balls. a big leap <laughs> with with the <laughs> self care for pelvic pain a sensory integration toolkit comes the toolkit of a bag of balls which they didn't let me name it. Um, the it is it's the sit kit which is much more nice. Um, the sensory integration tool kit. And it is a bag of balls uh, of different sizes and different textures. Um, some have little spikies on them. One of them has hard spikies. One of them has kind of moderate spikies. Um, there's one that's oblong shaped because it gets in places nicely through the pelvis. Um, and there's this little tiny green one that was very popular in France. Uh, I carried a little bag of balls around with me when I taught classes for some years and had a bunch at the clinic and I'd have people just try we'll literally sit on this which is sounds weird for anyone with pudendal neuralgia that's been told don't sit which mm. is a horrible unworkable thing to be told because life involves a lot of that and it should be a position of rest the cover of my book and throughout the book has people riding a bicycle on it as another little subliminal message of it's okay to do these things. Many, many people ride bikes with no pain. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're interested, we can get you to that point as well. Yeah. Um, and, and sitting is supposed to be relaxing. It's supposed to literally take a weight off you and let you escape some of the forces of gravity. And it's not dangerous. It can hurt really bad when that's happening. So to say, Hey, you have put on the round, you have, um, pain right behind your testicles. You've got labial pain. Um, I want you to sit on this little ball. <laughs> like what? <laughs> but I explain it. It's like, if you have a cramp you, in your foot, you stand on it. Mm. And we do that because it puts a distributed force through there and it inhibits the muscle cramp. To do that in sitting on the balls, because of our anatomy, you can't just sit on a flat surface. Sometimes the big ground therapy ball works well because mm -hmm. of the the physics of it and things can be distributed across it and in a way and sometimes that's enough but sometimes we need something a little more direct mm -hmm. so the balls are great because they're round <laughs> sometimes you know one's oblong but but it's that it's that surface that the yeah. that the part of you can just soften onto and relax onto and have that pressure that's inhibitory Mm. Uh, and then you can move on it and find just the right little fiber or direction that you need in a way that is it fits that magic space of enough to make a difference but not so much it's torture nice um, and there's a variety of them because some are too big some are too small some are too hard some are too soft uh, some are just right and some are just right and it's going to change depending on where you need the where you need the pressure that moment yeah. and what i can't Go ahead. predict no. that no, I just, yeah, I, I mean, can't predict it. I, I think they're really great because I think as well as being able to use them directly, you know, say in around the area of pelvic pain, what I've been playing with is just getting people to start playing with the balls. Sounds wrong. Um, on Always play with the balls. Always play with the balls. Uh, as long as you have permission. Um, but start maybe on a non-painful area. Like I love to get people to roll out their feet or maybe mm -hmm. kind of, you know, their calves or even their upper arms so they can kind of get a feel for the ball in uh, a non-threatening part of their body and then gradually introduce and they're, they're just they're so sensory 
and delicious, you know, and just even as, as a fit, you know, to roll them around in the palm of your hand. Yeah, but it's lovely. The little gets... the little green one in the kit is fabulous yeah. in your hands because yeah. it gets in between the little bones of your fingers oh. and it just feels so good. But that's what sensation is supposed to feel like everywhere in our body. And exactly. we lose that when we hurt. We lose it. We get yes. this extra protected field. And you wouldn't dive. I'd say you don't dive right into the painful part, except for there will be someone who feels best if they dive right into the painful yep. part. So as long as you love it, and you have consent, go for it. <laughs> the, um, the, that is what, when I tell my patients, go have fun, go do things that bring you joy. And then I look at them very seriously and say, it needs to be legal and you need full consent. <laughs> I think that, that those are also fair statements as well. <laughs> That's my little disclaimer. <laughs> like, or are you going to end up in jail? <laughs> go, am I going to end up in jail from telling you to go? No. Um, yeah. So, but with the, with the balls and, and with playing with your balls with full consent, the, the, I love that idea of start someplace that, that feels good and remember mm. what good feels like. Yeah. And sometimes people don't have a good, so it's the least bad. You know, I think you just, you, you, as, as Pema children would say, start where you are. Um, or is it John Kabat-Zinn? One of them, one of the wise people. Um, but I also, I love the idea of, of the ball work. Um, and I think, you know, also Jill Miller does some nice things with, with the yoga tuna balls and the gorgeous yeah. balls as well. Um, it gets people out of their heads a bit as well because they're, they're ruminating, they're catastrophizing, they're projecting and predicting. And just to be able to focus on a pleasant bodily sensation is such a relief, I feel sometimes, for their, for their brains so good and it's usable yeah when you can find the absence of pain the absence mm. of discomfort the absence of whatever that noxious stimulus is when you can find the absence of it you can start to use those tools that help you focus on that mm. but and then that becomes your focus rather than that, right then we can shift yeah. it but you yeah. can't shift it without having it. So, so that might be where you start. Yeah. Um, Cause then it could be a, one of those tasks that are taught in a lot of mindfulness classes and yoga classes of focus on a part that feels good. Mm -hmm. you, you have to know what feels good is you have to mm -hmm. be able to feel in you. Cause if you've been hurting a lot, you might be surviving by not feeling. And and so to ask someone to bring their sensation and awareness and attention back into a body that they don't like feeling is yeah. a huge jump and it's yeah. a literal leap of faith. So doing that, use it behind your shoulder blades. You know, that spot mm. that we always oh. rubbed, oh. you know, yes. just mm, <laughs> do that up against a wall and, and be like, that's what, that's what relaxed feels like. How many places in my body can I get to feel like this? Exactly. And, exactly and delicious that's magic yeah yeah and they're like oh <laughs> and once you get the oh it's you know better. you're on the right track right it's and yeah. it, there's so many metaphors in just life like that is you just need a little you need an example that it can work in you not for someone else but mm -hmm. in you and then you can get that bigger and just portable. crack the door open so just a little bit of light comes through right yeah and, and then we go back to the physiology of pain and it's possible that their neuroimmune system, which we didn't talk about when we were talking about the types of pain 
can not take that kindly and and it can make them feel worse because it's a threat and different yeah. and protected against and and then you get to have discussions on yeah pain's weird isn't it it felt good when you were doing it so we know structurally it's sound and your tissues can manage the pressure and this is fine you've got uh -huh. this other piece of your nervous system that it's a little slow to learn it needs a lot of positive uh -huh. and that is to any neuroscientist out there, I know I just took a lot of generalizations in that sentence, but it is a little slow to learn. It needs a lot of positive yeah. reinforcement uh, examples. I think it's, um, I don't remember who I heard it from. I was talking about stacking up the wins that, um, they, that, yeah, that felt good. Okay. All right. That felt good too. Okay. And in that moment, was it okay? Yes. Then you're safe. Trust, yeah. If you, you might have to pay for it later. We're going to work on that. Do it again. Just set a timer for 30 seconds. Take three breaths. Do something little. Do it again. Experience that. Go do something else. Come back later. Experience that. Yeah. Um, because that protectiveness of our neuroimmune system needs um, positive repetition. It's the only thing I can find anywhere in any literature that we can do in the clinic right now. Mm. Is, things that feel good in a setting that you can control that you like, that is okay with you. Do that. Just to, to, to remind the brain that it is safe. Mm -hmm. That and, it is safe to, to do this. It's safe to let go a little bit. No, a tiny bit. It's okay. You're not yeah. going to lose that ability to contract. You're not going to lose the ability to protect if you need to. Yeah. Um, it's doing it too much. We're going to give it little instances of relaxing and, and then, calm that flare down if it caused yeah. a flare and do it again um do it again do it again again and, just keep expanding out that zone yeah lovely yeah. and so do you recommend when people are using the the book and the balls then do you recommend that they follow up with movement you know what's you know is it use the balls to kind of you know you know, I, I know we're not supposed to talk about trigger points or, you know, but people have sore spots, spots tender muscles. points, yeah, yeah. The, the place that hurts, the place um, that hurts. Do we, do we encourage movement afterwards or do you recommend just let your body absorb what just happened? You know, I guess. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> See all of the above <laughs> there. Well, there's, I'm thinking of yoga and I'm not a yogi person um but there is a beautiful piece to a yoga practice where at the end of it you lay down and you let your body reintegrate and kind of process all that stuff that was just happening mm -hmm. and it's glorious sometimes that's needed um yeah. sometimes it's okay that was challenging for me and i feel better if i burn off a little adrenaline with some movement then you should go do that um and that that has the ability, the need of that is the ability to switch from one day to another. So I wouldn't want mm. people to feel like there was a, you must do it in this order. I think the more imperative would be, you must figure out what you're, what you like. Pleasure and hunts. Yes. Because that's the thing we know it's helping because you like it. Yeah. And, and you don't have to be, oh, I hate this. It must be working. <laughs> it hurts. So it must be good for me. <laughs> right. It's like, no, we're working on sensation yeah. and, and integrating sensation back into your system where it's not seen as a threat. It needs to be 
tolerated and welcomed and enjoyed. Dare we say and, enjoyed? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and so how do you know you're doing that? Well, do you like it? Does it feel good to you in this moment right now? Then mm -hmm. yes, it's good. As long as it's legal and you have consent. <laughs> <laughs> Again, fair. <laughs> you know. I mean, and, some things that feel good to people that they would like to do if when a part starts moving again involves another human. Um, yes. And sometimes it doesn't. And so, yeah. You, again, is, is this, you know, this is also, I suppose, about goal set. You know, what it is, what is it that you want to do with your mm -hmm. one wild and precious life, as Mary Oliver might say? Um, and I think sometimes, again, we as um, the, the healthcare professionals, we can get a little bit excited and maybe try to impose our goals upon other mm -hmm. people. And does it all come to listening, being a good listener and listening more than we talk, maybe? Yes. And, you know, and sometimes we're under time constraints and, and yes. you feel like, oh, you know, here in the U.S., you got to have your goals written. They need to be measurable and, and a little, little objective and, and timed out. And, and the person just wants to not hurt when they sit. And so if you ask them, what does better mean to you? How will you know mm -hmm. when you're better? They have done your long-term and short-term goals for you Yeah. Um, for each thing that they're trying to work on. And okay, you use those uh, and they get, people get permission to change their goals. I mean, like, and that's why I love the photo cards. Cause it's like, people say, I just don't want to hurt. I don't want to hurt. And it's like, yeah. yes. And where can I work on that? And what kind of things would help you feel that? You know, is mm. there something you would do if you didn't hurt? Is there something in particular you would like to not hurt about? And, yeah. And can we can we aim for that? And you have permission to change them, you know, anytime you Absolutely. want to. So it could be riding a bike. It could be sex. It could be going to a movie. It could be it can be anything. It's whatever is meaningful getting, for them. Right. Getting on an airplane and visiting a friend, getting yeah. getting. Uh, in the car and going out to the ocean. I just did that. This Without great. thinking and worrying about it. That you Without can just do it. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to pay for it later. You don't have to say, yeah. okay, so I'm going to go to the beach on Saturday. I'll need Sunday. I should take Monday off mm -hmm. just in case I have this flare and I really need to do these things. And you, you know from experience that there's such a cost to the thing that you have to plan for the cost. Yeah. Um, that's uh, exhausting to have to do that. It's unrealistic. And it would make you say, well, cost benefit analysis. I can't take Monday off, so I won't go to the beach. And also and, to a degree, kind of becomes self-fulfilling then because you're so worried about it. Are you actually enjoying your time at the beach? Well, that and thinking of, that it's going to go badly would stimulate muscles yeah. guarding and cortisol and media hormones and, with yeah. the initial thought. Yeah. Because um, that's, central sensitization and all of those lovely things that happen when we think about a thing and we react to it before we even do it. Um, and then it's become, see, I told you this was a bad idea. <laughs> right. And you said it wasn't my brain, but that's my brain doing it. And I was like, no, it's you, the whole human of you. And that's where my, that's where my coffee thing came from. It's like, well, of course it's a thought. Yes. And that's normal. And yeah. here are all these examples of how that is how we work. It's not that it's broken or bad. 
it's that it's unhelpful and out of proportion. Um, exactly. So we just want that's to. All. We just want, that's all easy, really. <laughs> Sounds go, so simple. <laughs> just go in there, open your head, go find the dimmer switch, turn it down, you'll be fine. It's done. Be Next. Great. Right? <laughs> all right, Sandy, where can people get the photo cards? Through Entropy's website. They are, they are created upon request um, by me. Um, <laughs> we have them professionally printed, but I cut them and laminate them and mail them. With so is that entropy.com? Entropy.com. Entropy.physio. Okay. <laughs> Entropy.physio. Entropy.physio um, under our store. Okay. That's where they live. Um, your books, the new edition of Why Pelvic Pain Hurts and the Sit Kit. Where can folks buy those? Um, OPTP.com. Okay. Um, and it is OPTP.com um, or the um, empire, which I shall not name, the, um, that exists around the whole planet. They're also Indeed. on there too. Um, <laughs> and then where can people find you? I am online. So you can find me through entropy.physio. I kind of still live on Twitter while Twitter exists. Um, and um, currently working in two different places in Portland, Oregon. And I am almost on both of their websites. <laughs> so <laughs> you, can, you can also email me at uh, sandy at entropy.physio. Well, okay. Um, Thank you so much. So many rich threads of conversation there um, and so many great resources that you've put out into the world. Um, so thank you um, yeah. for, for being generous with your time and your brain and um, your wisdom. Well, thank Deeply you. Grateful. Love, love what you do too. So everyone needs to go back and listen to all the other episodes. <laughs> it's brilliant. Because we do love to talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I will see everybody in the next episode for now. Thank you, Sandy, and have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you prefer to watch, all the videos of the interviews will be uploaded onto YouTube. If you'd like to learn more, there's a full suite of online courses on women's health, including courses on female pelvic pain rehab, female hormonal health, oncology rehab and more. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Michelle Lyons underscore Muley Everty for special offers and announcements. Until the next time, celebrate Muley Everty. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.